You wouldn't lie to me about that, would you? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, a podcast for people who don't know as much about games as they'd like to know. This week, we're going to talk about lies and deception in tabletop games, or, to use the more polite term, we're talking about bluffing. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. Joining me this week, Steve Tassie. Hello. And Holly Wider. Hi. Thanks for coming back, Holly. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Sweet. All right, we've talked about the play contract in earlier episodes, about the unwritten, unspoken rules of what's considered acceptable in the context of a game. And a lot of the rules of normal society simply don't apply there. But there is this kind of fuzzy area where things can kind of get confusing sometimes, even hurtful if you're not careful. So let's just get right into it. How do you feel about deceiving people in games? Uh, not great in real life, but in games, I love it. Why is that? Uh, I think it's because games are something that I feel confident about. So I know I know what I'm doing and I know how to play. And I f- also feel like I'm, I'm such a trustworthy person. <laughs> so it's fun to play that, like, part where I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know what's happening. Like play into that a lot, and then end up being the one who's, like, evil. You get to play against type. Yeah, exactly. Be someone else for a while. Yeah, no one expects it, so. Neat. Steve, your thoughts about deception in games? <laughs> oh, how did I know that was going to happen? I never get believed anyway. So, <laughs> um, Least of all in games. Yeah. Like, I think I would probably believe, if you told me something a little hard to believe in real life, I think I'd be inclined to trust you. If you told me something a bit hard to believe at the tabletop when we were playing a game, no way. <laughs> and and that is the problem because I frequently uh, am called upon in bluffing games to tell the absolute truth and no one believes me. Uh, I'll give you an example if I could. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just last week, uh, I got a bunch of people together to play games for my birthday and uh, a friend of mine brought over Secret Hitler. Okay. Which I had played once before and not really enjoyed because it had wound up being an absolute cakewalk for us liberals. It was just because of the way we were seated at the table, it was just boom, liberal pairing, liberal pairing, liberal pairing, liberal pairing. That happened uh, we my won. first time playing it as well. There that, were a couple of fascists in there as well, but it's still, they, they couldn't really. They were overpowered. Yeah. So um, I gave it a try and uh, ended up really enjoying the first game uh, that we played of it. And the group decided to do a second one. And during the second game, uh, I was dealt liberal again. Uh, and we had discussed earlier in the evening that I can hear people smile. <laughs> uh, it's just a thing. I can, I can do it. When someone smiles, there's a tiny little sound that is generally made in the mouthful, lipple area. <laughs> and I can hear it. Uh, and so... While I had my eyes closed and uh, and the fascists were identifying each other and Hitler had to make himself known to uh, the other fascists, I heard it. And as soon as we were go, I said, I'm not sure which one of these two it is, but one of these guys is Hitler. I heard it. Uh, and when the game is over, you will see that I am right. And um, I was not believed. And uh, actually... People maybe kind of believed at first, but what happened was the guy to my left, the guy who brought the game, uh, ended up getting the power to investigate someone, investigated me, and immediately lied about who I was. 
immediately <laughs> said Steve's a fascist. And of course, uh, everybody believed him. And everyone believed him uh, and not me. And so my prediction became null and void. Uh, but uh, when the game was over and it was revealed, I was absolutely gosh darn right. <laughs> I heard Hitler. Uh, but no one believed me because nobody tends to believe me in bluffing games. <laughs> What are some of your favorite games that involve trickery of some sort? Oh, that's so hard to... uh, I mean, I just recently played Panic Station on -hmm. on Halloween, Mm -hmm. and that was really fun. Um, I like Good Cop, Bad Cop, because it's quick. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like those kind. But I also like the longer ones that you have to invest a little bit more time into um, to find out who's... like. Any particularly memorable experiences with uh, where you got to either trick someone or you got tricked by someone? Uh, oh, I brought home Bang the Dice Game for Christmas for my family. And my sister is notorious for cheating. Okay. Um, and so while we were playing, she Snapchatted my other sister and went, I'm bad, let's work together. <laughs> um, so needless to say, they obviously won. But Nobody caught this. <laughs> You're on your phone, you're texting. Wow. That's why I harass everyone who uses their phone. One more reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One more reason. Snapchat got us. Phones away, you (laughs) monster. Mm -hmm. So is it really possible to describe the appeal of trickery? Or is it something that you, if you don't, if you need to have it explained, you just won't get it? Um, Yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a thing that you either like or you don't Mm -hmm. like. I don't believe that you can learn to like deceit in a board game. Um, I mean, I, I love it because I love that moment of betrayal, whether, mm-hmm. whether it's me betraying someone or whether, uh, I'm being betrayed. Like during the secret Hitler game, when, when Jim, uh, called me out as a fascist and that I was blown away cause I d- hadn't suspected him as a fascist at all. And so when he called me the fascist, I was just, on oh okay no 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 uh, and it it was a very exciting remaining you know fifteen minutes of the game and uh, even though uh, I got screwed over by it it was still it, that moment was mm-hmm. a lot of fun uh, so and I'm I'm not sure that that can be explained or uh, whether it's an acquired taste. I, I think it's just you, you yeah. like that moment or you don't. I'm not sure how you bring somebody around to a point where they could enjoy that from a place where they don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can. I think the best you can hope for is to introduce someone to a game that does that. And when that moment happens, they're either going to love it mm-hmm. or they just won't want to play bluffing games again. Now, it does come in different flavors. Let's break it down a little bit and talk about some different ways that trickery and deception can be brought into a game. Let's start with a strict definition for the term bluffing. It comes from the game of poker, and it refers to making a big bet when you've actually got a really weak hand. The idea is to trick the other players into thinking you've got a strong hand so that they fold and give up, letting you win the pot without having to actually beat their cards. There's also the reverse of that called sandbagging, which is when you've got a really strong hand and you bet like you're weak, trying to go the other players into betting big so that you can call them and take their money with your good cards. Uh, This is one popular form of deception in games, but there are other ways to trick people, too. There's simple lie detection in games like Cockroach Poker, trying to guess whether somebody's lying or not. There are the kind of lies and double crosses and alliances and betrayals that you see in a more complex game like Diplomacy. Uh, There's creating convincing false stories or, or phony things in games like Balderdash. 
There are feints in war games where you trick somebody thinking that you're trying this strategy when in fact you're doing that. And uh, there are some games that have weird examples of this, like the hidden double crosses that take place in Dead Last. Uh, let's start with simple lie detection. That's, that's probably the most naked, the most basic form of deception that there can be in a game. You know, I'm lying to you, and you have to try and guess whether I'm telling the truth or not. Or I'm telling the truth, you have to guess whether I'm lying or not. More complex than that, though, is the kind of lies and double crosses that you see in diplomacy. There's really a difference in kind here, isn't it? Those aren't the same kind of activity in a game, or are they? They're, I think they're different. I think that um, in a game like Cockroach Poker or Dixit, um, everybody knows that the point is to make crap up and trick people into thinking that your crap is the real crap. It's also uh, not directed crap. Yeah, it's, it's just I'm, I'm lying to the table, and some of you may figure it out, and some of you may not. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a game like Diplomacy or you know any game that lends itself to uh, warfare, you know, risk-style gaming, where there are like good cop, bad cop. treaties mm-hmm. and alliances, um, that's a way to win at the game, but it isn't what the game is about. Mm. Right, like in in diplomacy, I could theoretically win the game without ever breaking or almost without breaking no, an you alliance. Couldn't. <laughs> theoretically, <laughs> lying is not written into the rules of the game, mm. to the best of my knowledge, with diplomacy or or with you know a risk or access and allies, anything like that, um, where. Alliances are encouraged and talked about in the rules, but breaking of those alliances or entering an alliance knowing full well that you intend to break it and not live up to what you said you were going to do is not really in the rules. It's just the way human nature works when you're put into that sort of situation, I think. So given that there are a bunch of different ways that you can be put in a position where you're trying to deceive the other players... Which of those, I mean, if, if, obviously there are certain players who, as we said, aren't going to enjoy this sort of thing. There'll be others who are kind of on the edge of, I don't know I feel if I feel comfortable with this. Which of these would you say are the gentlest ones? And which ones are the most intense? The ones where it's like, oh, that, that's like advanced level deception and, uh, and, and more serious type stuff. Uh, I think it kind of depends on the type of gamer. Because, mm. uh, again, I haven't played Diplomacy, but I play BSG. So I don't know if that's mm. similar, but uh, the idea of like, I, if they're heavy strategy gamers, you can still play that game without being like, oh, I'm terrible, like I'm terrible because you, you still have to be part of like working together, that cooperative. There bit. is a team. Yeah, there's a BSG. team element to it. And like you, you're, you're kind of like screwing the other people over by playing cards in a certain way, but it's not like flat out, like to your face, like I am playing this card and this is what it is. Believe me. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, but. And if, when you become the Cylon in, uh, in BSG, or if you're the traitor in Shadows Over Camelot or the betrayer in Dead of Winter, um, it becomes a fair bit sharper, I think, in some ways. In that, um, if you're if you're playing as one of the group, one of the team, uh, one of the people who are trying to cooperate to accomplish the goal, then there might be some deception involved in trying not to make yourself look bad. But mostly, it's fairly open. As the trader, though, in those games, it's pretty demanding. And emotionally, mm-hmm. you have to be ready mm-hmm. to look your fellow players in, in the, the eye. eye Tell them something that's a lie 
and make them think it's the truth. Yeah. And, and defend yourself, too. Very that much takes so. a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. It's like suddenly someone will out of the blue be like, why did you do that? Exactly. And you have to have a good, mm-hmm. believable, quick answer that you don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about or hemming and hawing about. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're harder for the liar, I think. Yeah. Uh, games, games that have a written mechanic about deception are harder for the person who's trying to lie, partially because it's, it, unless you're a sociopath, it's difficult <laughs> to, to convincingly lie to your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but and also can, because everyone is already looking for it yeah. in that sort of game. It, it, you know going in to BSG that there's going to be a traitor. Uh, it might be you. It might be someone else. But if it's not you, you know you are looking at a group of people and you know for a fact that you can't trust at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a game like Diplomacy uh, or, again, any of your negotiation and, and allegiance treaty sort of style games, Cosmic Encounter. Sure. Being betrayed is harder in that game because it's not strictly speaking necessary to have happened. You know, it, <laughs> you it, had a choice. It, yeah, you was, did not have to do that you, to me, yeah. and you did it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's not written into the rules, and therefore, while it's probably going to happen at some point. It becomes more personal, I think, at yeah. that time because, yeah, you had a choice. You didn't need to stab me in the back, but you did. Why was uh. that? What were you thinking? Probably they were thinking I wanted to win the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, and, and that's that's the full extent to which it does get written into the rules. I mean, the rules will incentivize certain kinds of behavior. To win at diplomacy, you're going to have to form strong alliances where you trust each other to do what you say you're going to do, and you have to pick the right moment to stab them in the back. Because there's only going to be one person winning in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same in a lot of these other games. So I guess the hierarchy is at the, at the lowest level, you've got non-directed deception. Where I'm simply putting something out there to confuse things like in Dixit or Balderdash. And people will either make it out to be the truth or a phony. Uh, beyond that, you've got relatively low emotional stakes games like like Cockroach Poker, yeah. where, hey, it's a cockroach. Yeah, It is, <laughs> I'm lying to you. Yes. But it's not really personal. Because then, that's the way the game works. Yeah. And then we've got the bigger emotional investment games where somebody might be a traitor or like uh, like BSG or, or Dead of Winter where I had a responsibility. In order to win this game, I had to be a dick to all of you. <laughs> uh, and then finally at the highest level, you've got the, uh, you know, the, the alliance building games where you, build, you, you, get, you earn someone's trust and then betray that trust. That's probably the ultimate extent of that. I've had some experiences with friends who aren't comfortable with this sort of thing actually winding up having a bad time of it. And I'm not sure how many times this has actually happened at the cafe where mm. I've sort of uh, been at a table full of people where some of them are into it and maybe one or two of them who are maybe a bit more reserved. I, there's no way I can know mm-hmm. whether or not they're the sort of people like certain friends of mine who when somebody betrays them in a game, it actually feels like a real betrayal. Have you ever had an instance when you're playing a game and somebody got real world hurt feelings because they were tricked by somebody they trusted? Uh, yeah, uh, I've got a friend um, named. Uh, well, we don't need to. It's talk okay. about his name. That's not. Uh, but I have a friend who takes games very personally, and there are just certain types of games that I will not play with him 
because of that. Uh, I mean, he's he's quite a competitive fellow, so you know uh, that's not a problem. You know, trying to do everything you can to win is fine, but for some reason, for him, that doesn't include betrayal, right? Um, and I think he might be able to handle games where that's the point. So something like Skull or uh, um, Cockroach Poker. Cockroach Poker. Uh, I think he'd be fine with those. But it's when we have an alliance and I then... I guess at a certain it, point, it comes where, to a place where it's not your in-game avatar that's doing this to their in-game avatar. It's you, the person, you, Steve, yeah. that's personally betraying them, the player. That ever happened to you, Holly? Uh, I did have a friend. We were playing Avalon, and he got like very upset because he was Merlin. And it just ha- so happened that all the females playing were all bad. So it became like, he was like, I'm not trying to be like, like sexist. It's not that. But I, I'm not going to tell you why, but I definitely don't trust them. And I was like, okay, well, you, you're giving yourself away. <laughs> but everyone in the group just took it very lightheartedly because we are like very close. So mm. we all knew it. It was kind of just like a funny joke after. And I, I think he's, he was okay with it at the end, but he was just uh, so invested in it. When he's like, no, guys, you have to believe me. Like, you don't understand. Like, I'm not trying to be a bad person. It's just, but we all felt for him. And like afterwards, it was just a fun joke. But <laughs> it's, I'm okay. guessing that the closeness, the fact that there there was that intimacy and trust outside of the game yeah. really kind of softened the blow for yeah. him. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's also like knowing that it's also a game and like sure. being, being aware of that kind of without being like, oh, no, I'm personally attacking you. Because like we're all very <laughs> close friends. So it wasn't like, oh, I, this person feels this way about me. So they're taking it that way. But I, I don't know. I think I guess... It depends on the group you're playing with. So if it's like strangers, maybe it's a little bit more difficult, like people you don't know, because then it's like, oh, they don't know me in real life. Like, I'm not like this. <laughs> but I don't know. With close friends, I find it it's always a good time. It's, uh, I mean, some people just don't feel comfortable lying, I don't know, like at all. And some people feel really bad about double-crossing people or being double-crossed, even within the context of a fictional world like a game. Yep. And although it's good to try going outside your comfort zone occasionally, I'm going to give you, audience folks, some advice that I wish I'd followed from time to time. It's not cool to pressure your friends into doing stuff that they're really not comfortable with. Well, that's all for this week. If you've got a topic you'd like to get us into, tweet it to us at SnakeCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. Steve, Holly, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. The SnakesCast is produced by P.D. Douglas, music is provided by Ben Sound, and the opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Game on. Mm -hmm.